Okay, we'll do a, a review from last week. I want to move as fast as I can through let the review so we can get through through this chronology or at least get most of it done without getting stuck halfway through it. Um, last week, we just sort of concluded going through the, uh, the statements one by one verse was uh, verse to verse in revelation 11 to kind of pull through some of the questions there. Um, like uh, I think we had left off the week before with whether there's literal or figurative fire coming out of the mouths of the two witnesses and whether it's literally coming out of their mouths or merely at their instruction or at their command. Um, I won't go back through all of that. Uh, it's on the previous uh, study session, but um, we, I, can't, I offered up my understanding, which is that they, they, there is actual fire, that it does actually kill people. I'm not dis dismissing the idea that their words will also be a source of, uh, of contention or, or uh, uh, tension or aggravation to others around the world, tormenting them with the truth. Uh, but I think there's also this element of, of them being able to defend themselves and harm those who would do harm to their cause and to them and God's purpose there. Um, we talked about uh, briefly about the plagues. We'll talk more about those going forward. We did have mention of uh, Moses uh, turning the blood, the waters to, to blood, that plague of Elijah preventing it from raining. And then, as it says, all manner of plagues as they will. And we'll talk about that as, as we look at uh, chronology some and then also as we look at uh, I think we should connect that statement about their plagues to the plagues that are discussed in chapters 13 uh, I'm sorry 15 and 16. Um, I noted that uh, th according to verse 7 the beast kills them after their testimony and so we're going to address this question of when did the two witnesses die did they die in the middle of the seven years or did they die at the end of the seven years um, and, and we'll we'll talk about that in conjunction with the associated events and, and other things. And so let's see. Um, we, I don't know if I called this out specifically last week. We'll mention it again. Um, uh, verse 11 of chapter 12 has a statement dealing with uh, those who are uh, accused uh, but overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And so we're going to kind of have to look at that verse and, and its statement about the testimony and, and overcoming uh, and yet they love not their lives unto death, it says in that verse. And so we're going to have to look at that and, and see if that is uh, how that may connect with um, some of these events in chapter 11 or in general with um, this period of persecution and, and uh, martyrdom for saints, as it were. Um, so uh, let's see. And then the last thing we talked about, verse uh, 8, referring to Jerusalem as Egypt and Sodom. And I'll just bring out what I did last week, which is that both of those locations have in common uh, Abraham's family, either his descendants or in the case of Sodom, his, his nephew Lot uh, and his family being escorted by two figures from a place where they are, are under Gentile oppression and wickedness before God brings destruction to that place or through that destruction, the destruction comes to that place. Uh, and we connected that to the possible flight of the, the woman in the wilderness or to the wilderness in Revelation chapter 12, which again brings up some timing issues. So with, with that said, I'll, I'll jump into the chronology component. So um, I just want to make note of this that I do intend, or as long as everybody else would like to, to at some point discuss this issue of a rapture at the 
and resurrection at the beginning of the seven year period. Um, I think it's something that a lot of people believe in. A lot of us have either believed it in the past, uh, maybe uh, still have family members and, and people who ask us about this. And we certainly haven't studied it like as a focal issue at any point in time recently. So it's certainly something worth visiting um, and, and considering the different points of view. But because this study is intended uh, to be a study about the two witnesses, which largely deals with things going on during the seven years, I didn't want to get sidetracked on what could easily become its own topic, which is a discussion of the possibility of a, a rapture revelation, a rapture and resurrection event at the beginning of the seven year period. But we will discuss other rapture resurrection events um, or the possibility at least of them at the midway point and the end point of the seven years. And so that's uh, kind of my intention. And so what I want to do first is just set out some key events that, that we all, I think most people will have on their, their timeline in agreement with one another. And then we can kind of hopefully use those if we can establish their, their, their placement um, to decide where other things are at. So largely we're going to be looking at whether or not certain developments, certain actions, certain figures are active or occur in the first half of the seven year period or in the second half of the second year period and or whether they occur at the midway point, like if there's a specific instance of something, it's like this is when this happens or if they happen at the end point or around those with those, those sort of being the, the main uh, bookmarks that we're using. Uh, and so what I want to talk about, well, I guess I can ask this question, and you guys may see this stuff up here on my screen, I'll scroll down. Can anybody think of some of the major uh, activities or events in the end times, either from the book of Revelation or from elsewhere in their, their studies in the scripture, that, that occur in this period that we're going to want to map out and see where that fits with some of this other stuff? Talked about the two witnesses. Anything else spring to mind? Two of the main ones I think of what Paul indicated in Thessalonians that are key key indicators is one, there'll be a great falling away, presumably um, of the saints or the or the or the or so-called people uh, that are supposed to be Christian, but a great falling away that occurs, and then the uh, the uh, the son of uh, perdition or whatever is revealed, the uh, the man of sin that yep. he revealed. Those two things are two key factors that uh, must occur, I think, towards the end time that he talks about. Yep, uh, there so you go. There's two of them from Second Thessalonians. Uh, good. Anybody else want to add some to the list, or at least you're maybe thinking about some? There, there's, um, there's a battle that's described in Ezekiel chapter 38 mm -hmm. um, that has been supposed to happen sometime uh, either before the signing of that of the covenant uh, or shortly thereafter. It's, it, the time element has really not been disclosed and it's unclear. Some have put it before the signing of it, uh, during the signing, shortly after the signing. Uh, but there's a battle described there in Ezekiel chapter 38 where uh, enemies from the north come down to the land of Israel to take a spoil. Now, as I understand it, uh, that battle is different from that of Armageddon because these enemies, when they come in from the north, they're coming to take us. They're coming to take a spoil. Whereas in Armageddon, they're coming against that city to destroy it. Mm -hmm. 
So there's a distinction to be made with regard to these two attacks. I, I think we will. So first of all, I think those are, uh, that's an important event to figure out where it's at, right? Is it, is it uh, something that happens at the, to sort of initiate the seven-year period or at the beginning of the seven-year period, early on in the seven-year period? Is it at the end of the seven-year period and what those, that information in Ezekiel 38, 39 uh, is indicating? And I think um, we'll have to, we'll visit, I mean, we're going to have to visit that uh, maybe next week I, to try I'm to jumping ahead. What's that? Am I jumping, am I jumping ahead? <laughs> no, it's, I'm glad you mentioned those because I, um, I've been focusing on events uh, as they are mentioned in the book of Revelation first. And so that's what we're gonna uh, look at tonight, but it's certainly right to, to, uh, to include that. It, it is something that uh, Ezekiel seems to indicate is happening in the end of the, end of the age, which has generally been my understanding of that passage. And so I think it's, it's, uh, it hasn't been something we've spent a whole lot of time together on, certainly uh, in our studies recently, to just to say, hey, okay, this, this Gog-Magog war, as, as Ezekiel uses this language, when is that? Uh, there are reasons, as Kevin mentioned, that uh, people want to distinguish that from Armageddon, and in other schools of thought, there, it's, it, some people have put it as the same as Armageddon, and uh, so we'll want to get into that. So I, gotta, I just you may have seen me write that down. I want to make sure we come back and talk about that. The other thing that Kevin mentioned is this signing of the treaty, uh, which is mentioned, uh, or at least by inference, the, the, the normal understanding I think that many people have about Daniel 9, 27. Um, I'm going to kind of ask to put a sort of promissory note on discussing that um, because uh, two reasons. One, I don't have a conventional view of, of what that verse is indicating. Uh, to, to, I think in most of the backgrounds that most of us have, and then maybe this is what Kevin's referring to, that the um, Antichrist uh, signs a, a treaty. Hey, I dropped out there for a second. Can you guys hear me again? Yeah. Yep. I don't know if it was me or if it was I wasn't you. sure if it was me. Yeah, no, I think you were freezing up for a bit there, but I don't know if it was just me, my computer, but yeah, you were. No, it looked like over here that it dropped. Uh, so let me see if I need to uh, start the recording again. It's, it's, looks like it's still recording, which is uh, pretty awesome. Okay, so I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna ask if I can have a rain check on the, uh, the peace treaty, uh, the, the treaty uh, that uh, most people think about when they go to Daniel chapter 9, 27. And uh, again, under the same sort of banner that I, I wanna discuss things that happened during the seven years. Although obviously if there's a, a peace treaty signed at the beginning, that's pretty informative for, uh, a, depending on who the parties are and what that treaty allows for. Um, it's also, you know, important to know whether there's a rapture before this, because that, that also has implications for who's active when. So I'm, I'm certainly not meaning to take a pass on it, but um, I want to start uh, at least our discussion of chronology with the things that are uh, mentioned as occurring during the seven years. Again, as I said, focusing on the question of first half, second half, midway point, end point. Um, and see if we can straighten that out, because there's a large number of um, events and, and activities that I think have to be sort of pieced together and decide, okay, what do we think this is, if, if we're going to be informed about this. But those are definitely two good ones to remember, and I wrote those down uh, so we could do that uh, in the weeks ahead. So let's see. Um, we got a couple of things there. I, I, I'm going to give you guys a, a broader list of the stuff that I included. Oh, 
Go ahead, John. Go ahead, John. Or you want, do you want stuff like a great earthquake? Um, yeah, that's fine. That's uh, great. That's great. Uh, you know, the sun uh, becomes black, uh, moon, color of blood. Yeah. I, I think because some of these are yeah. ones that may get mentioned multiple times, and we kind of got to figure out are they different ones or the same ones. But I, I don't know if that's going to be a part of this study. But go ahead. Yeah, no, that's that'll be – those are the kinds of things that we're going to have to look at because – we're going to have to figure out what the order and how the relationship is here um, for even for people who um, take a look at the book of revelation. So there's, when people read through the book of revelation and try to determine chronology, there's a couple of different ways that are more standard uh, understandings of how the book of revelation conveys chronology, particularly with, with regard to the part of the book that pertains to the vision of the future. Um, and, and by that, I mean uh, the part after the letters, um, not to just completely dismiss or discard people who think the letters have some kind of prophetic uh, information, but the, the vision that is the component that talks about the, all these world events that take place uh, at that time. For the most part, um, that component of the book, people either take it to be A to Z, you know, chapter four and chapter five are the beginning of that, and you just run all the way through it in order until you get to the final events at the end. And I certainly agree that the things in chapter four and five are early uh, in, in describing essentially John's uh, participation in this or in the first century, being able to see it and the revealing of this. And then uh, the end chapters obviously pertain to the, po the things after this tribulational period and and judgment and that. So in general, I think that's true. But in the, the meantime, when we're dealing with things in the seven years, um, people will either just take it as A to Z, um, what you read first comes before what you read next. Um, other times people will take the, uh, the sequences of the seals, the bowls, and the trumpets, or I should say seals, trumpets, and bowls, which are presented as, you know, components of telling information through symbol uh, in some ways in the book of Revelation. And they'll, they'll lace them uh, either one seal one trumpet one bowl or they'll they'll order them so it's all the seals then all the trumpets then all the bowls if you guys take my meaning i, I don't think that either one of them either one of those methods uh holds uh is works quite as well as we would like it to and i think revelation has a, a little bit more of um organic way there's other methodologies in which and i've always compared it to um, early Genesis, right? So if you read through Genesis 1, you get this pretty standard series of events. All this, the six days of creation and the, the seventh day, the day of rest. Day 2, or Genesis chapter 2, immediately takes you back to a context on day 6 of Genesis we, uh, chapter 1. It's, it's an expansion of information in Genesis, uh, uh, in the chronology of Genesis chapter one, the Genesis chapter one, just wanted to tell you the overall series of events of creation. It wasn't going to pause and give you the more, uh, some more important material on day six of God putting Adam in the garden and the creation of the garden and animals being brought before Adam and the creation of Eve. And we don't see that elaboration in chapter one. We just see the, the basic series days one through seven and the components of what's built. Chapter six expands upon that going back in time to uh, a day six event. And then you move on to chapter three, which has events later on. And then chapter four follows chapter three, generally speaking, although at the end of chapter four, you have this long digression into the several generations of Cain's descendants. And then chapter five starts with 
the restatements of the line of, of Adam's descendants through Seth. And so there's, there, there is not a straight A to Z chronological sequencing of Genesis 1 through 5 in particular. Um, and, and there are other places in scripture which, which also follow that sort of format. And I think for a Jewish writer, that might have been a fairly uh, familiar way of doing things. And I would just offer that uh, I think there's some of that very reasonably going on in Revelation. Now, my purpose of this study is not to present uh, the rationale behind our chronological interpretation of the book of Revelation, but rather that what you're going to see me doing tonight, which is attempting to uh, determine certain events and their order and where they're placed, does not follow one of those more... Um, straightforward uh, standard looks at Revelation, either the A to Z or the uh, all of the bulls, uh, all of the seals, all the bulls, then all the trumpets, or one trumpet, one bull, one seal, two, 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 three, 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 that sort of thing. I'm doing, uh, I'm not following that method uh, because I don't think it holds up. And you'll see, I'll try to point out some of the places where I think and why that, why that's going on. But just a list of, a list of, I was just going to say, but as you stated it, but as you stated, it does follow an established pattern that's already there. Right? It does, so it's not, this isn't. It does, yeah. Sorry, John, go ahead. No, that's all. I just wanted, uh, I, I wasn't backtracking on what you're, what you were saying. I was just uh, affirming that we, you've mentioned several different models and this isn't one that you just sort of came up with on your own. This is something that's, that we see this pattern present. Yeah, and elsewhere in scripture, I think there would be precedent for it. So let's, um, I'll give you a list of the, the things I want to take a look at from, that are all sort of mentioned specifically in Revelation. Uh, the, the building of the temple and the onset of temple activities, I think is either inferred, oh, some of these may be directly more from Daniel, but uh, the abomination of desolation, that's going to be one we're going to talk about. It's going to be kind of one of those key markers, milestones. Um, Revelation 12's flight of the woman into the wilderness and being cared for for 1260 days. Um, the stopping of temple activities, as Daniel 9.27 seems to mention. Uh, I think that's going to happen. Uh, then we have the 1260 days of the prophecy or, or testimony of the two witnesses during which they're conducting plagues. We have the 42 months that the Gentiles trampled Jerusalem in the area outside the temple house. 42 months of the beast's authority when he makes war and, uh, and overcomes the saints, um, the release of the beast from the abyss, the casting down of the devil and his angels from heaven, uh, the plagues of chapters 15 and 16, uh, the death of other saints besides the two witnesses, um, the death of the two witnesses, the resurrection and rapture of the two witnesses, uh, and then the destruction of Babylon the Great by the ten horns. And then to that we might also add um, the falling away, although I think we may have to cover that in another, you know, adjunct study afterwards. Uh, but because that that involves a discussion more on the false prophet and, and to some extent Babylon the Great and and how that uh, that falling away is sort of precipitated, like what leads to it, what's what is what's the nature of it, and those kinds of questions, which I don't want to get sidetracked. They are very important, but for our study, we're focused elsewhere. So. To, to kind of go through this list of 13 or 14 items that I just mentioned, plus a few that you guys have added, I think we should start with some of the major milestone events. And the, the first one for me is, is going to be the abomination of desolation. It, it's sort of a keystone event uh, as it's sort of depicted both in Daniel um, chapter 9 and chapter 12, and also in chapter 11, I think. 
Jesus calls out this event in, in his discussion of end times prophecy, specifically mentioning Daniel. And, uh, and then we'd have to ask, well, okay, where is this occurring in Revelation? Because that's another whole question. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to see it in Revelation. It's not presented it per se, but as Enoch mentions, Second uh, Thessalonians, I think it's mentioned there by Paul. So where is this? What is it? I mean, we might ask that. It could, we could do a deep dive on the abomination of desolation. I'm just going to hold that conversation. We'll just say there's this thing called the abomination of desolation, which in bro a broad sense involves the, the Antichrist, a, some, a human figure, um, the angelic figure that's referred to in Revelation as the beast, those two terminologies, they, those two have some kind of relationship with each other. Some people refer to it as uh, some kind of possession. I'm not sure if that's the right term for it, but um, one or both of these parties is involved in some kind of desecration or visit to the temple. I'm not sure the extent, we, have to, we talked about this last week, the extent to which he's able to get into the temple house itself, or if he merely disrupts the activities there by getting to the gates of the, the temple house. Um, we have to talk about that in the language from Paul and from Daniel and what that indicates. But there's some kind of event that puts a stop to uh, the temple activities, as Daniel 9.27 says, that in the middle of the seven weeks, th there, he's going to stop, he's going to cease the offering and the, and the sacrifice. So that there seems to be some going on. Revelation indicates a temple in existence. And then it states in, 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 in that in chapter 11, verse 1. And then in two, chapter 2, verse 2, it says, and, and yet the Gentiles will trodden down the city for 42 months. And so that, that does sort of fit with Daniel 9, 27. So this abomination is kind of an important event. Um, let me tell you why I think this is in the middle. I think everybody places the abomination of desolation in the middle, as far as I'm aware. Don't mean to dismiss the possibility that others have it at the end or something, but most people put the this particular event of the sacrifices or offerings or activities at the temple being stopped by the Antichrist at the midway point, somewhere at right around the three and a half years into it, three and a half years to go. Uh, and that comes out of um, some pretty clear language starting in Daniel 9.27. I mentioned Daniel 9.27 a second ago. Uh, it says that, uh, let me just pull the text up here and read it. I know I'm never going to get through this chronology stuff in one setting, but it's important. Uh, I don't want to just breeze past it and, you know, give my assessment because that wouldn't help people. People want to know what the Bible says, not what I think. So we want to consider it. So here's verse 27 of Daniel. It says, he will confirm the covenant for with many for one week. So there's a there's this week of years. It's clearly years here, not a week of days. There's other places, including chapter 12, where this conversation, this issue comes back up and we're told that half of this period of time is, is 1,290 days. So that's, that's three and a half years. Um, it says in the middle of the, that week of seven years, he will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. For the overspreading of abominations, he will make it desolate, even unto the, the fulfillment, the consummation, the end, so that that which is determined will be poured out upon that which is desolate or that which desolates, depends on how you read it. So there, there's that. In the middle of a seven-week period, something happens to suspend temple activities. Um, let's see. I'm going to go down here to chapter 11, see if it's verse 13. I think it's verse 31. Let me see. Here's chapter 11, verse 31. Uh, 
and arms or, or some military force of some kind, whether angelic or human or both, will stand up and they will pollute the sanctuary of strength and they will take away the daily, whatever the daily uh, temple activities are there, and they will place the abomination that makes desolate and they will work against the covenant. Uh, and then if we go down to chapter 12, we have sort of concluding. Go ahead, does somebody have a comment? I was just going to uh, clarify one thing. You, you said uh, that it's a, it's a week that's seven years, right? right in, in the middle. Your connection is breaking up. It was hard for me to understand what you were saying. Oh, sorry about that. And you mentioned seven weeks I think did you mean seven years seven years sorry if I said seven weeks I'm, I'm I misspoke thanks it was the week equals seven years and then the middle of those seven years was yeah. when this was occurring. I, I'm just trying to keep it clear because I know you like to yeah no that's good I get going quick and I mess up sometimes so I appreciate the correction for clarity um, all right so then you go to Daniel chapter 12 as, as Daniel's being sort of the last bit of information is being conveyed to him. Uh, he's told by this angelic figure that's been speaking with him. Uh, in verse 7, he says, uh, I heard the man who was clothed in linen, who was upon the rivers of the water. He lifted his right hand and he swore to heaven by him that lives forever and ever that for a time, times and a half, which is to say one year, two years and a half a year. So if you add that up, it's three and a half years. Um, when he will accomplish these things to scatter the power of the holy people. So again, somebody's working to scatter the power of the holy people for a three and a half year period. And, uh, and then Daniel continues to ask questions.